It is about integration of maritime supply chain. It is about innovation and it is about cooperation. Welcome to the second episode of the ETAP podcast, where industry professionals give insight in the digital transformation of the maritime and logistics sector. My name is Sven Goivarts and I'm a documentation specialist for one of the largest container carriers. In this episode, we welcome the leading academic Krista Sis, who is a course coordinator at the Center for Maritime and Air Transport Management at the University of Antwerp and a holder of the PNP Paribas Fortis Chair Transport Logistics and Ports. We talk about the award-winning article she contributed to last year entitled Digital Innovation in the Port Sector, Barriers and Facilitators. Welcome, Krista. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. It's a sunny day outside, but we are inside cooling down. Uh, but in a very nice uh, environment. Uh, it's true, we're at Broer Bretel. It's a coffee bar uh, close to or on the Eilandje in Antwerp. In the article I spoke about, you ask what are the barriers and who has a facilitating role in digital port-related innovation. What have you learned in putting together this research and article? We have learned a lot uh, in this uh, research. It was a pleasure to uh, coordinate uh, international research. There were uh, seven universities involved and it was under the heading of the BNB Baribar Chair Transport Logistics and Ports. We collected over the period uh, autumn 2013 and spring 2015 about 75 uh, cases, innovation cases, uh, of which 50% of them were actually linked with um, digital innovation. So it was actually a logical step uh, after uh, the, the first research to dig into more into detail with respect to, uh, to digital innovation because uh, the maritime sector is only moving gradually into uh, that and it will become very very important to be on the on the edge of digital innovation in the port sector because according to us this is the the tool for further competitiveness in the sector digital innovation is a is a broad field still um, and there are three large domains of innovation you have chosen to include in the research. The first is the electronic data interchange, which is uh, developments in paperless administration processes. Um, the second is intelligent traffic optimization. And the third is better mon monitoring of vehicles and cargo. Um, can you illustrate these three categories with, by giving a few examples? Yes, indeed. We uh, categorized uh, the cases into those three uh, categories that you just uh, mentioned. Let me start with the last category, so monitoring vehicle and uh, cargo. Uh, for instance, you have um, uh, Auto Tracker. Auto Tracker is a system that monitors the weight and the dimensions of a project cargo arriving at a uh, multi-purpose terminal. So what was the problem before? The problem before was that uh, clients were not able always to give the exact uh, dimensions and if there is um, a failure or damage to the ship, that's, that's a big thing. So for that reason they started with an innovation that measured it and that the, the dimensions went immediately into the system so they had accurate uh, uh, information. Next to that, there was also a truck appointment system, so that actually uh, trucking companies could uh, book already a slot to register and arrive on time, so that there is no uh, lost uh, 
uh, with respect to time, etc. Yep. Uh, with respect to the, the second category that is um, related to, uh, to cargo uh, information or cargo flow actually, we had over there a corridor management system, we had also other systems in other countries also. Why? Because we, we wanted to learn from each other and thought that maybe in Singapore and Los Angeles, because they were involved in it, uh, there were maybe best practices that we could uh, learn from that. But this is, this is not the case. So everyone is having the same problems as yeah. we have here, uh, for instance, then in uh, the port of uh, Antwerp. The first category is about moving from paper to paperless. And over there we have the port community system. We had the luck to have the, um, in, in that category to see previous systems and the involvement to because it is about continuous um, process, continuous innovation. Once the, the companies are already um, trying to implement the innovation, they're already starting of initiating a new uh, process. So that was actually very interesting to see that definitely in that first category how things moved and the main message is that it all stands and falls with a person. It is a person who has a visionary mind and, and try to convince the team within the company to go for the innovations. Okay, uh, a technical question. Um, in the article, you established the fact that in previous decades, companies have invested in standalone IT systems to enhance their specific operations and to maintain a degree of competitiveness. You claim that by moving to cloud-to-cloud -to -cloud applications, it will be possible to move faster. Can you explain how? It is indeed true that um, every company started with an IT -er. Um, trying to set up a system for, for their com uh, company, for their specific uh, uh, cargo and characteristics of the company and came within a si with a system. Yeah? Whether good or bad, that's not something that we would like to discuss now, but um, if you like to move in, in now the, the digital innovation wave, because it's, it's, it's something like that that is happening, some companies are too small to, to do that and for that reason it's interesting that you cooperate with other uh, companies it will strengthen uh, the whole case and that you move to cloud-to-cloud -to -cloud, um, principles we see now in the port of Antwerp an initiative Nextport which is uh, a great idea whether it will be a success in practice we will see because it only needs to start up and it all turns with respect to trust um, and that will be uh, maybe a barrier for the success of, uh, of that case, but I hope that we can study that case also uh, in our research. This is, this is too difficult of a question, but how can you set the stage for trust? How can you make trust happen? We need to wait to the next generation because um, uh, young people uh, share a lot of information on LinkedIn, on uh, WhatsApp uh, and other social media and they have less difficulties in, in sharing than uh, the current generation working in, uh, in the companies. Young people uh, share a lot of information and they have less difficulties in, in sharing than uh, the current generation working in, uh, in the companies.
Another element is that I think you should go gradually. So with information that is not of uh, not that important or sensitive for a company and then gradually build up uh, trust but be aware of of the cyber security because everyone is now into that thinking of blockchain and in some um, activities within a port it might found a solution but at this stage nobody knows what the impact might be if indeed it is possible to hack the whole system. So over there there's quite some research uh, still needed. You're, you're advising companies not to jeopardize their, their data by trusting it into a platform which we, we're not sure yet if it's safe. Indeed, that is indeed uh, the advice uh, that I give. Okay. Krista, in your personal research, uh, you often use the word co-innovation, uh, which you expect to be the most important challenge for the port industry in the decades ahead. Um, where did this concept of co-innovation originate from? And do you see any examples of it manifesting at this point in time? In the 1950s, the focus was really on cost. And the moment I started teaching, I saw things moving to flexibility, to just-in-time, to focus on quality, service, sustainability. And I'm quite sure that um, if the port would like to grow, so further grow, it is innovation that should be higher on the agenda. But what is the difference? The difference is now that you don't do it on yourself. You need to think alongside the maritime supply chain. And that's the reason where we came to the word co-innovation. So mm -hmm. the co refers to, uh, to collaboration um, and, and that will be the success factor uh, because it is really important for actors along the maritime supply chain and specific the ports as a node within that uh, chain to be part of a successful uh, maritime chain. You are now listening to the ETAP podcast. In the second part of this podcast, we discuss the factors that can facilitate digital innovation and we take a closer look at the port co-innovation cafes that Krista organizes. The barriers to innovation that you describe in the article are, I believe, familiar to many of us. Um, there is the lack of collaboration with other possible actors. There is the need for further integration along the maritime supply chain, which can include a huge amount of stakeholders, so it's complicated. There is uncertainty about legislation sometimes, and what you call, and I quote, the drifting apart of local needs and the strategic decisions made by headquarters. But when it comes to facilitating digital innovation, your article offers, I find, a valuable uh, lesson. If you accept that no actor can manage to push through an innovation on his own, then there are three things you can watch out for as a digital innovator. Uh, one is to motivate all the actors involved and to also facilitate their involvement. This is a form of co-innovation, let's say. The, the second is that there needs to be a market demand or a need to improve on efficiency. I think there's an urgency there in terms of uh, a need 
to improve on efficiency. And third of all is that the innovation carries with it a newness, as you call it, both in the application and in the knowledge of how to implement it. How did this play out in some of the cases you researched? How was the newness introduced in the companies? It's a very good summary what you uh, just uh, gave and what is now the, the fact is that in the 75 cases that we studied and specifically in the uh, I think 32 cases related with uh, digital innovation it's not yet in it or it is starting and then it's only with the previous uh, actor in the chain or with the next actor in the, in the chain. But this is actually what we advise to the sector and that is also what we uh, uh, do now for the sector to facilitate that is by organizing BNP Paribas Port Co-Innovation Cafés. This is uh, in a, s a small group of uh, change makers that we think on, on one element how can we come to the integration of the maritime supply chain because if you look to port trends from now to 2030, it is about integration of maritime supply chain, it is about innovation, and it is about cooperation. And that is actually key in that element to share now, because what is actually the, the definition of co-innovation, it is sharing knowledge, um, sharing experience, and, and, and finding solutions but not only for the big companies in the port, also for the small and the medium-sized. And actually that was also a category that was not involved in our research. It was most likely linked with the period 2013-2014, which was still a period of surviving for the companies. Now we see that there is more interest and that we receive more uh, project proposals from the sector, given the research that we, uh, that we have done. I want to go into this cafe now because this was, this is my last question. You advocate some type of informal standardization to allow for an exchange of ideas between actors. Um, so I'm wondering which organizational tools or um, social forms of gathering do you see as being particularly beneficial for such an exchange to occur? Um, this cafe, how does it function? Uh, when, when does it take place? Um, it takes place each time on a Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock because apparently this is the best moment in the week to, to brainstorm uh, and to think uh, freely. And it is actually like you come into a cafe, although it is not organized in it, that's my dream actually. Um, you have people always sitting in that cafe and, and those are actually the leaders of the table uh, working on a, on a specific uh, topic and then you have people joining that table and moving to also other tables. So we have normally four tables. To give you a concrete example, we will organize now in June the third cafe because the, the maritime actors said we think that we can learn with respect to integration of maritime supply chain from the air transport uh, industry. And what we will do now is we will bring together people from uh, the um, airport industry and the maritime industry together. And normally we have people at sea level, uh, so CEOs, COs, uh, CFOs uh, coming together and brainstorm in an informal way. 
And what is the success factor of that cafe is that um, in the two previous one, the first one was linked to uh, uh, IT and customs. Uh, the second one was linked with uh, the chemical uh, industry mm -hmm. that each time there are uh, contacts and contracts afterwards so we each time get informed uh, that they get to know new pe persons so actually one element is also bringing together the people that you think those are people who need to meet one element is also bringing together the people that you think those are people who need to meet and it's really appreciated and we have good news that um, as of uh, last Thursday we know that BNP uh, Baribas chair will be uh, continued, prolonged for two years and that the concept of uh, the Port Co-Innovation Cafes will uh, continue. That's great. I will be sure to add the information about the next cafe to the podcast. Um, I also wanted to give you a chance maybe to talk about your upcoming uh, maritime supply chain course. Uh, I believe applications are still open for that. Uh, can you say something about that? Uh, the 24th of April I start indeed with uh, the specialization course maritime supply chain uh, that's organized at uh, CMET. CMET is the Center for Maritime and uh, Air Transport. We have uh, over there a mixture of uh, uh, students from all over the world. So we have people from uh, Nigeria, from Cameroon, from Egypt, from Turkey, Belgium people, uh, also people from the industry who come together and discuss um, relevant topics with respect to the maritime supply chain. So there will be an opening with um, uh, somebody from UNCTAD who is coming to speak about trade. Then we have a mood group who will uh, uh, give the first uh, impression of what maritime supply chain is because as a logistic provider they are in all of the transport modes. And then we have um, uh, every day a topic like inland navigation, rail, road, warehouses, IT is also uh, a topic uh, within the course uh, combined with, with excursions uh, to the ports. Uh, we are invited by uh, um, ACS in uh, Zeebrugge and we are also uh, invited by um, uh, POM Antwerpen uh, to visit uh, four companies uh, here at the port of Antwerp. So we will have a look at the supply chain uh, automotive, the chemical sector um, and two other companies I'm now uh, forgetting actually. But it is a really interesting concept. It's an intensive course organized over two weeks. Okay, that sounds like a rich program. Um, you can find the information below. Uh, thank you, Krista, for this conversation. Thank you very much and good luck. Thank you for listening to this episode of the EdTap podcast. Feel free to comment on the episode on our SoundCloud or visit facebook.com slash podcast. Those are three Ps. For more information, go to etappodcast.blogspot.com. Be sure to tune in next time and have a good day.